Hello and welcome to the Organic Gardening Podcast. I'm Sarah Brown and I'm joined by my friend and colleague Chris Collins. Every month we bring you the best from organic gardening, inspired by our colleagues at Garden Organic. This month I'm off on holidays, well admittedly staying at home, but enjoying the fruits of all that early summer growing. So I thought we could all put our feet up and enjoy a special summer episode when we down tools and listen to Chris chatting with an old friend, Mark Diacono. Mark is perhaps best known for his work at River Cottage, busy growing organic produce for the chefs and the TV crews. He has a few tales to tell about working for demanding media types. But since then, he's opened his own place, Otter Farm in East Devon. He and Chris discuss the special crops he grows there, like the pecan nuts and the Asian peppers. And they discuss Mark's latest publication, the cookery book called Sour. Like all the best podcasts, this is a chat between old friends on a subject dear to their heart. You'll notice that though they met not so long ago, it was in a busy, bustling London cafe. Let's hope that one day soon, we'll all be back to enjoying the pleasure of a cuppa in each other's company. But before they start, a word from our sponsors. We're thrilled to have the support of the Organic Gardening Catalogue. Chris and I love this website as you can get everything you need to help your organic growing. Just click on www.organiccatalogue.com and if you're a member of Garden Organic, you'll get 10% off. Well, I'm here with Mark Diacono. So I spent that night in a, in a busy restaurant in Waterloo Station in London amongst the hustle and bustle of London town itself. Thanks for coming along, Mark. Really appreciate it. Total pleasure. Total yeah, pleasure. it's always we see each other on the uh, on the circuit, the RHS flower shows, don't we? And yep. it's nice to see you in a different environment. Yeah, mate. it's very nice, and, and and I'm totally chuffed to be here. Yeah, good stuff. Well, you're a busy man, aren't you? You're up to a lot. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, it's a place to start. You're a photographer, an author, a gardener, a chef. Yeah, you do it all, don't you? Well, if you're if you're not particularly good at anything, you do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you're being modest, I think. I think you're being modest. I think the best place for me to start, from my point of view, is just talk about you gardening. How did you get into? And what, where's your passion for gardening come from? It's all, it, it all, I tend to do everything quite late in life, and um, and gardening is definitely one of those things. So I was, um, I probably did, I didn't really pick it up, I guess, until maybe just over twenty years ago. Um, I met the person who's now my wife, and she was well into gardening. Uh, and you know what it's like if you if you're with somebody who's into gardening. Yeah. You think oh, I'm a bloke. What am I going to do? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to grow some spuds. So I grew some spuds, yeah. and um, that was great. And, and it kind of sort of spiralled out of control a bit. You know, I, yeah. I wasn't expecting. I was just expecting to do. I could do a couple of things. That's I've got a gardening first house I had ever kind of got a mortgage on. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll start growing some stuff, and it kind of took me over. You know, I got the, totally got the bug. I, yeah, was, I was yeah. totally not expecting it. I had plenty of other things I liked doing, including being idle, and uh, and and uh, that just took it over. And then I guess you know there are a few kind of right angle turns where you go, you know, I've I've got I've, a I've got the bug to start with, but then I started looking around about other things I could grow that would be on the usual, you know. Um, got inspired by a few people, you know. Was it was it always inspired by food? We always connected yeah, the yeah, food yeah, growing yeah, side of things. Yeah. Is that what's done it? Totally that. I've I've I really only grow edible stuff. Um, I, it, it, there's so much out there to eat. So many brilliant flavours. So many amazing cultures that have stories that are attached to this stuff that you kind of get your brain around. Um, that 
I can't exhaust that if I live to be 120. You know, so yeah. um, so I, I, you know, I, I, I guess increasingly I stick my foot across into the ornamental world, but only as a kind of background and a pollinating and all sure. That so you sort of pollinate bees, but because yeah. you, you're yeah. quite unusual for a chef, I suppose. That's what a lot of people might see you that way because a lot of your books are food connected, aren't they? And, but you're the one that lot you get a chef and you get a gardener, but you kind of bridge that, don't you? You go yeah. your seed to plate in many ways. Totally. No, I don't. Um, I, you know that that kind of dividing line didn't really exist if you're a gardener because if you you know if you grow it you're going to want to cook it and and it's just it, it, you know, I'm not going to grow a load of a load of spuds or a load of tomatoes or a load of whatever it is and then not want to make the best of it so yeah. um, I guess start you know and because I was starting from a point of I don't know what I'm doing yeah you know completely you know fairly you know so beginning of a journey yeah, and, yeah, yeah, totally yeah, that. yeah. And, and and but obviously by that point i'm already eating a lot of food <laughs> i'm a greedy git so yeah, yeah. um i kind I, I guess i came at it in reverse which is what do i want to eat because that's what i'm going to grow right so then so the the, the the um the final outcome the food on the table was yeah. really what was was exactly. motivating you yeah and you like you said you like quite unusual stuff you said, yeah, yeah. Well, well again that really um not for the sake of it but what was happening was i was thinking right what do i want to eat and i made a big list when I didn't know what would or wouldn't grow in this country, I made a big list of it, uh, you know, loads of stuff, and I started knocking out different foods because you can't grow pineapple so easy or yeah. whatever, whatever. Um, but then there were a lot, was a lot of stuff on the margins, you know, like uh, pecans, almonds, apricots. Right, so nuts, so you were going to say nuts, oh, yeah, dried totally. fruits, and yeah. stuff like that. Well, all of that. Yeah. And then, and then um, I started looking more into other things. You know, I, I was thinking, can, you know, hang on, everybody's got pepper yeah. their, in their kitchen. Yeah. I don't think anyone's growing it. I started doing a bit of, you know, research. No one's growing it. Here. Can you, you know, you can't grow the one, you know, the common black pepper that's mostly from yeah, so tropical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can grow Nepalese and Japanese and Szechuan pepper. So started growing that, and then, so it was really not what's unusual that I can grow. It was what do I want to eat? What do I eat? What do I want to try? Um, and that kind of fired it all up. So, really. that's, so that's where the holistic, the seed to plate thing comes from. So yeah. you're looking at it to grow to, to eat. So do you have do you have any sort of horticultural gardening influences at all? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, well, A, my wife got me onto the kind of whole trailer things. Um, uh, 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 absolutely genuinely, regardless of what we're talking about, garden organic for me. Really? Totally. When I started off, I'm like, I want to, we wanted, you know, because my wife was into ornamental gardening, but she got into the edible side with me. Um, you know, having that resource there to turn to, kind of ab- about how to do it in a in a kind of low impact, organic way, but also you know all of the all of the resources online. But then you have got the heritage seed library. Yes, everything about it. It was the kind of place I turned to. You know, so you found you found it as a source of, of, of knowledge, basically. Yeah, that you yeah. could tap into. But also inspiration because you know, I didn't know at that point. I didn't have any clue about the importance of you know genetic diversity as far yeah. as seeds go. The importance of varieties apart from flavour, or do they produce well, or are they disease resistant, whatever. Um, so it opened the whole world to me. You know, there was um, Monty Don. I think I, I was reading a lot of Monty's writing there, and that was inspiration in, in another kind of way because the way he writes and communicates about the kind of act of gardening. Yeah, it's it. it it draws you in, you know, and he's... He, 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 he's an incredible communicator. He really yeah. is. Yeah. He really is. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to know him now. And, and, and he, he has that ability to to kind of bring you into the the magic of it. You yes, know? Yeah. Which isn't always... You're not, not, not very easy to do. And, and also, I mean, he does take it a bit off the industry, I suppose, because he's seen as a bit of an outsider, isn't he? Yeah. So he's had that yeah. on his hands to deal with as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, all of his peat free stuff and all of that. I was going to say, I was just going to come on, because you're quite aren't you, organic, aren't you? Mm-hmm. It's very important to you to be organic. Totally. Why would you not? I don't. I don't understand why you would want to um, 
you know, why would you want to place a heavy footprint when you can place a lighter one, you know? Um, it, it, everything about it makes complete sense, either from your own health or the health of the ecosystem or the, 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 the wider benefits. It's a no-brainer to you. It's a total no-brainer. And, and all you, you know, obviously the, the things to do are just arm yourself with the, the, with the ways of doing things um, that encourage and make life as an organic grower easy, you know? And that, that is, a lot of it is just thinking wider than yourself. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, It really is, you know? And it, it, it's absolutely, I couldn't, I, 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 I can't imagine growing any other way, because I don't think there is. All the rest of it is is trying to get an edge. To, yeah. And, and the cost of that edge doesn't make any sense. Sure, so it's a, it is a complete no-brainer. And I think that, the thing with gardening as well, so what's happened is, is it's much more inclusive now. It used to be about control and edging and, and, root and yeah. regimented, and now we're much freer about it. And then, so I think that's uh, put a different a line on it completely. I'm totally that. And I think that, you know, uh, there are a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, as, as you'd hope, there are a lot of moves that are really sort of interesting. You know, that, that we're finding that instead of just thinking about growing edible stuff, in those kind of regimented lines and, and, and don't get me wrong I love an yeah. environment that's done beautifully like that but there are other ways yeah. of doing it you know there's a lot of perennial systems there's no reason that we can't grow edible stuff in the same way that we do ornamentals you know the plants don't know that we're going to eat them yeah. you know, so why would we not grow in, in so you're talking about things like permaculture do you practice any of that at all yeah I think um, um, in, in the broader sense I wouldn't call myself a permaculturalist but I do one, one of the again one of the kind of absolute kind of uh, eye openers brain openers everything was I went to see a guy called Martin Crawford 20 years ago. He's down in Totnes and he's perfected. Perfected is probably, uh, he would not say that, but he's, he's certainly um, taken the whole idea of forest gardening and growing in tears and, and kind of mimicking the, the, um, uh, the system of a young woodland yeah. to another degree. And it, 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 I went to his forest garden when he was very young, which is two and a bit acres of the most extraordinary. It's like Willy Wonka. You know, you're walking around going... Picking stuff, going. Oh, there's almonds. Oh, look, I've got some Szechuan pepper. Oh, you know, papayas here. You know, there's there's apricots there. There's there's an understory of endless herbs and, and climbers in between. You know, and it's it really opened my mind to the fact that on an allotment, what we're doing is is growing in absolute opposition to the trajectory that nature wants us to take. Nothing. I'm not dissing it in any way, but I wanted to try and grow in kind of harmony and, and in three dimensions. You know, uh, 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 up through these tiers. You know, from the underground to kind of um, higher you know to the, up to the tree canopy um, and it really appealed in this idea of growing your own nutrients yeah. and bringing in the pollinators and, and, and all of that stuff just blew my mind yeah so I think it, it, it's, if you look at you're right if you look at how nature does it it, it acts as communities so you'll get like, you'll get tiered planting and it all interacts and that then if you're doing that in your own garden you, that suppresses weeds reduces watering you don't need pesticides it all kind of leads into each other yeah. all leads, and, 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 and one of the big things I think is that we have to learn to um, the, uh, the, the importance of how much energy we put into a system to get food out and the further we make it away from the kind of natural processes that want to occur the more energy we have to throw at it yeah. and in our kind the more of, expense basically everything you know whether, whether, that, whether that currency is money carbon water whatever to be more in tune is a good thing you know? yes and, 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 and it's I like doing it it makes me feel like I'm part of the world that I'm in which I am so, so you're saying there's a, there's a spiritual side for you as well I tell you yeah. you know you can't you know you can't have your hands in the soil and not marvel at the, the brilliance of this this, <laughs> this, this few centimetres on yeah. which all our lives depend yeah you know and, and it, I mean genuinely still our seeds and 
it staggers me every year that they. they yeah, it's well put. It is, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a miracle, isn't it? It's, it's a little miracle. It's, an, it's, an, yeah. it's totally that, and, yeah. and, and it still amazes me. You know, it's still the magic. It's 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 a, yeah, I love the way that never fades. I think as a gardener, I I've never that hasn't. In fact, it grows. It's not reduced. I always find that the simple act of, of soil or germination just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. And, and, and everything about it is is is. Life enhancing, I think. Yeah, and and, and 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 it does in its really peculiar um, way make you realise that we are. While we might be here for a short time, we are part of this bigger yeah. thing. Coming on to a completely different subject, and I suppose in a little way, is, uh, everyone wants to want me would like to know about your time at River Cottage, I suppose, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a big thing for you, wasn't it? That's when, yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, so but that was working with TV crews. It's kind of the opposite of being in a garden in a little way. So a little bit of insight into that might it be was, nice. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, um, yeah, it was really interesting. I didn't. It was all happy accident, you know. I've, I've, um, uh, 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 Hugh and I knew each other a little bit. Um, somebody left River. You know, the first head gardener left. Can you get involved? Well, not really, because I'm doing Otter Farm already. Um, can you run a few courses? Yes, I can. So I started running a few courses. The next guy left. Can you kind of set the scene for the broader garden team? So I got involved that way, and then you uh, and and you know back then when the series was on all the time, you know series after series after series. Yeah, because it was big news, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. you know, it had a huge impact, and um, you felt very much like you were involved with something that was doing a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, you know, with, with a lot of reach, and that, it was a lot of fun because again the ethos is there. You know, the organic, they're doing everything in harmony. The whole plot to plate thing. Um, the the sense that. It's building community and ideas and all of that, and, but yeah, as you say, you can't, you can't, you know, you're not just growing stuff and then it goes to the kitchen. You know, that, that's it's not a bigger version of the home. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got, you've got to because you want, you want to reach people, so you have to grow it to timetables sure to, to, to an editor's um, timetable which is really interesting because you've got them trying to combine the two worlds of yeah. making television and growing stuff because they're not the most patient people in the world no. so you know that kind of relationship of how you go well this is seasonal this, this is going to happen at this time this time is quite difficult to do quite tricky to do it's very tricky because you, you know they're going look, look, we're down then to do the filming so it would be great if all of the Celeriac was ready then or all of the Mulberries were ready <laughs> well, yeah, guess what it's not just up to me and you there's the weather here there's, there's all the other stuff there's keeping the share off the stuff as well. Yeah. You know. So yeah, lots of lots of fun. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, good time. Yeah, yeah. So I time. suppose he must have had because when you look at it, he must have had a good crew of the people there. They all look quite relaxed, yeah. and because that kind of plays a big role in it as well. I yeah. think it, it was it was um, there was a good bunch. Um, chefs were great. Garden team was brilliant. Um, we knew that we were doing something quite interesting. You know that it was not just doing it all for the people who were coming, but it was reaching a bigger audience. So you yeah. get just quite a buzz. You know, yeah. it's good fun. And Hugh himself was, seems very dedicated to it. All. Totally that. You know, there was no. Um, you know, he's he's um, very dedicated to the organic. Very on it about the broader issues while making the everyday kind sure. of thing fun and the message I, I wonder I always thought you know it'd be great to take that what he's done and try and put it into an urban in a city area wouldn't totally it do you think that would be quite a challenge wouldn't it where you, yeah. if you could get a community gay say on an, an estate in Southwark and, and yeah. pr- put that eth- ethos into it because one of the problems you have is is it feeding down to the sort of working class if yeah, for yeah. want of a oh, no, expression totally yeah, yeah. And, and that to me you know I'm, I'm, I'm very much from that background and, and I, I'm, you know I'm very aware that it's easy to convince um, you know the middle classes to spend a few quid and do it that way. You know that's all great and and, and fine, but 
I'm very much about trying we, to we reach... Need to stop. We, the, the obesity crisis tends to happen amongst the, the more poor members yeah, yeah, yeah. of society, yeah. so it's kind of, to get me interested in change for someone like you, I suppose, or maybe we could have a go, I don't know, but just yeah. try and take it into that sort of urban well, sort of environment. It's yeah. interesting, one of the threads that we did, actually, we went to um, a, a, a fairly uh, working class part of Bristol, found a bit of land that was attached on the back of this estate, um, and, and the families, it all locally got involved, and that's still, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that that's still been, going. That's still yeah. going, and that must have been. I mean, where are we now? I mean, that must have been twelve or thirteen years ago. You have these well, farming, isn't yeah. Bristol? So, so you've got this. Bristol's very good for it, but there yeah. are these movements, incredible edible. You know, people I work for school food matters. Garden Organic do a lot. Yeah. I think that. So the, 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 the will is there, isn't it? it uh, is. I think it what is. it needs is the PR, the, the, the boost in the sort of in terms of the way the media treat it. Yeah, because yeah. It, it works. You yeah, know, you see it time and again, and and. and and everybody involved makes that connection between uh, plot and plate, the importance of where your food comes from, the relationship between that and economy and yeah. health, and all the other things that we know are so huge about gardening. And you've know. got that amazing ingredient, and that's people. <laughs> yeah. you know, and and if, if it's done well and fun, everybody has a good time, you know. So you uh, so was it difficult working for chefs? Having to grow for chefs? I mean, they're they're notoriously fickle, aren't they? They are a pain in the bum. <laughs> uh, and and, and it, it, it's interesting because you know they often they're a pain because understandably they want lots and lots of stuff regularly arriving. To, you know, as a yeah, rule, yeah. and and you've got the weather, you've got a camera team, you yeah, know, you've yeah. got the TV crew, you've got all of that. But also, they just want to come along and. And just they, they want it on tap. It's a bit, I call them the, they're not the they're, if, if you're on a building site, they're like the bricklayers. They want the, the cement there at that spot, perfect texture at that time. And if they don't get it, they that's get it. humpy. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> how it is. And, and what it's, I like to think the best thing to do is that the gardener's job is to educate the poor devils. Yes, educate yeah. the poor devils. Well, we, 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 I'm quite I'm quite uh, ardent about this. You know, you're not cooking anything unless I grow it, mate. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I sort of feel about it. Yeah. Exactly that. But you had gardeners there as well. They're a team of gardeners. Yeah, yeah, lovely team and, and um, that's that's the thing you know is the good thing about it was that it was very outward facing you know you had people down there every day doing courses coming down for various things yeah. there was the telly stuff there's obviously all it's the a right hive of activity I suppose it yeah. still is now is it yeah yeah I haven't been down for a little while but there's there's always a lot going on um, there's, there's a lot of courses run you know and I know all the food there kind of feeds into all of that so um, yeah it's uh, but there are so many, there are so many other organisations doing things out there now. So many different places scattered around. So it's done its job then, because it's pioneered as well. I always yep. say the same about Garden Organic, is we, we they kick this ball rolling, and now there's multiple stuff exactly. going on, and that's oh, that's ball in net, isn't it? Really, and that's totally a goal. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and 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 hats off to it. The thing I think that maybe we need to do is is as as a, as, a, as an industry is find a way of. Um, Collaborating more, yeah, so that things aren't being reinvented sure. everywhere. But yeah. we bring together. A we can be people. as a nation. We can be a bit ivory towery, can't we? Yeah. Well, I'm doing this here. I'm doing. We're quite yeah. competitive, and I think that joined up thinking needs to. That, and I think the way we're perceived in the media, maybe we can work on a bit more. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I'm going to ask you about your own place because it's not all about you, is it? You've got Otter Farm. Tell yeah. me all about what. Well, paint me a picture of how you deal with Otter Farm and your work there. Well, it's, it's interesting because the, 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 it, it, um, we, we, we got married, we moved into a place that happened to have a big field out the back. 
<laughs> totally empty. And all I knew at the time was that I wanted to grow leather mulberries because you can't buy them anywhere because they just fall to bits. Yeah, you know. all the birds have them first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and there's, you know, so, so I started planting things. No great plan, um, just because I wanted all of this stuff that you couldn't get from anywhere else. And it kind of took off. I started writing about it. I started doing a whole load of stuff with it. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and then it occurred to me, hang on a minute, I'm enjoying all this stuff. I was experimenting with things that maybe had never been really grown in this country before, you know. Um, you know, things like pecans and Szechuan pepper and Nepalese pepper. And, and this was all feeding into your your literature, your books, your, your, your writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, which are kind of, you know, they, they, they sort of fed each other. You know, I had, I had never written before, but I started a blog because I wanted to record what I was doing. Because I know that, you know, I think I remember stuff and you never do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that kind of took off. Um, I started a nursery that sold a lot of the things that I found were really delicious and wonderful and the best the things I wanted to do. Um, we're not the farm anymore, but the nursery side is still going. So, it was so you, have, you have staff there, you have gardeners there working for you? The, the, at the time, no. I was looking. I, it was no. just single-handed. Yeah, it was yeah. me looking after 17 acres. Wow. Um, I, I had a guy, Trent, from the States who worked a day a week and then a guy, Dave, who worked a day a week on the vineyard end of things because I planted a vineyard there as well so it's kind of 17 acres of pretty pioneering unusual stuff um, and what kind of condition is it when you began did you have to really graft hard to get it up and running you know <laughs> you think about you know if you, if you think I mean even even on the uh, right so 17 acres I planted a vineyard that was about uh, three acres right and, 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 and you think well hang on a minute that's 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 uh, about 7,000 Vines. It's a pretty big job, mate. And if you just walk up one side, pruning, yeah. one side of the vines, a bit pruning, come back in with the spacing of it, it's, it's 20 kilometres to walk up one side and walk wow. up the other. Yeah. And that's just pruning it once. <laughs> or pruning out the leaves or whatever. And so, you know, got all the mowing, you've got all the plants. There's tens of thousands of plants there. Um, but I did it, you know, maybe over... 15 years or so that's amazing that is and, amazing and it's great because you know and, and you have these you know I had these magical moments where um, I remember strimming underneath a pea country right that I planted and they take ages to get yeah. going because they send all the roots down forever and I sat down it was a hot day I sat down leaning back against this pea country and I'm thinking has anyone I don't suppose they have there's nobody probably in this country before who's sat down in a pecan orchard that they've planted in history. Yeah, I don't think they probably have. No, because I've certainly not heard no. of it. You know, there's the odd pecan around. You'll find them in in some of the arboretums and stuff. But yeah. you know, planting this orchard for nuts, and it had all been entirely because you know they come from the southern states of America. And this is one of the things I love about gardening, right? The connection with other cultures, but other yeah. people, yeah. even if they yeah. did. It's, it's, it's an industry of share, or a subject of share, totally isn't that. it? Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. you know, somebody's seen pecans growing in, in, in uh, the Mississippi Basin, right? And thought, right, uh, these seem to be growing well. I'll take a couple of seedlings, plant them a little bit further north. They get to Canada, eventually, over the decades and decades and decades. And I think, hang on, Canada, here, I can... Plant, surely I'll give them a... And that's entirely yeah. it. Because it's a temperate climate, why not? Why not? Yeah. And, and so it owes everything to all of these one at a time people taking who got in touch who, who that's just shared that information yeah. did you have any problems with it did, was it was there difficulties or did it grow well or? Uh, they, they, uh, I planted them I, I, so I had, to, I had to nobody had them here so I had to import uh, 30, 30 odd pecans little seedlings from yeah. Canada 
Um, and I planted them and I thought what have I done for five years <laughs> did they not move nothing nothing because <laughs> they're putting down like yeah. immense roots yeah you know? yeah and yeah. then they suddenly go bam so they've got the root tap root down yeah. spread out the, the, yeah. the root and then they went right I'm and ready went, I'm off and wow. I tell you they, they, yeah. uh, they, that's all organically done yeah, as well all, all, yeah. I, I, everything was organic yeah all everything was organic everything yeah. green manures underneath everything lots of uh, mineral accumulators and stuff so so yeah. so, so, you, so you do root run courses there now as well do you, do you do I, I did yeah yeah but not at the farm now right And I but I run uh, courses elsewhere so right so now, that'll be about your experiences at Otter Farm and, yeah. and, and growing unusual stuff um, why I think um, uh, the most important thing when you come to grow stuff is what you do on your backside before you start doing it which is make a good plan think sure. about what you want think to ahead. I think every deep gardener worth their salt is three months ahead of the game or six months ahead of the game because you you're, you're plan you're always planning you're always looking forward yeah, yeah. and that's that really helps you when you're on your work with totally that and and, and 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 also about how to use it what how to make ferments how to make cocktails all the stuff if you you've got to know in a way the growing side is the least of your worries if you if, if it works yeah it's got a, first time right first time I grew anything on any scale. I ended up with barrel loads of spuds, barrel loads of carrots, <laughs> yeah, barrel loads yeah, of yeah, yeah, I'm going, yeah, what yeah. the hell am I going to do with this? Yeah. Uh, uh, I've, got, I've grown too much of everything. You've got to remember that if it works, are you happy? Yeah. Is it the right yeah. amount? Is yeah. it coming the right... Yeah. You know, do you want it in gluts or do you want it drip, drip, drip? All of that is all about thinking yes. ahead. Sure, so you need to stagger, you need to think about all rotates all or rotating, yeah. all that sort what of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to Then when it comes... You're ready for it. Yeah. What's your it, recipes? Yeah. Where are you, what are you, yeah. you know, do you want to... Because otherwise you're right, you end up... I mean, I did it this year with squash and I and I, I have West Indian neighbours and they love squash and towards the end they were running away from me because I didn't want any more squash. And so it. you do need to plan a little bit of what it. you're doing. Yeah. You do, you do. You do a little bit of design as well, do you? Yeah, Tell me a little about that. Well, it's... I think um, that traditional view that the kind of um, uh, an allotment or an edible space is the kind of rectilinear, lots of bare ground, dot dot dot, is 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 being challenged now, which is really nice by um, people who, who who are growing more in a way of kind of ornamentals, you know, and swathes and all sure. of that. But like I say, the plants don't know they're edible, so there's no reason we can't yeah. design with the same aesthetics and the same kind of sensibilities and eye as somebody designing a, an ornamental garden. So do some of that, but I. It, Integrated with that kind of idea of the food forest and agro uh, uh, planted in tears. Yes, agroforestry. Yeah, 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 all yeah. of that stuff. Well, I, you know what, and I really mean this. Um, I love the book Sour. It's, I just love that book. Thank you. I just really do. It's just. Uh, and tell me what what gave you that idea? What attracted you to do it, that? It was again. You know, I, I'm a big believer in the power of, of happy accident. So, um, I, I started making sourdough. Um, years and years and years ago and like lots of people you kind of stop start stop start kill a start a start again um, all of that business and I, I then got into fermenting I realised that a lot of the flavours I was using were sour you know lots of really interesting stuff and that there were a lot of other cultures where sour was a really big deal and less so the kind of traditional English diet you know yes we love lemons we don't mind a bit of vinegar we'll have a bit of tamarind as long as it's in brown sauce but after that we're not really kind of playing so looking beyond all that it, it, it also hit me that a lot of sour foods are wildly healthy either because they're fermented and they're bringing all the kind oh, of also the Asians are big at sour I lived in Japan wow. and the, the, the Koreans with kimchi and they're big sour eaters exactly yeah. it's, you know, a third of the food eaten on this planet is fermented yeah and we here like I say the traditional British diet has very little of that it's very, very good, you know, all the all of that stuff. But also, as someone who loves cooking and making the boat most of the ingredients that I'm growing, sourness and how to use sourness well 
is such an amazing kind of transformative thing as, as someone who's cooking, you know, just at home. Yeah. It, it, it often, it, you know, it's not about really having a sour meal. It's about just using that little tweak of this, a little squeeze yeah. of lemon over the top, brightens everything up and brings out all the other ingredients. So it lifts the meal, you exactly, think. Yeah. Exactly that. It's interesting in the book because your passion comes over in it a lot, but also there's a touch of science in it. So you've got these amazing recipes, but you've brought those other two things into play, and I think that makes it really, really strong. Well, it's, it's really interesting. At the same time as the, the book was being published, there was a, a professor in Ca- uh, California who's kind of made the connection between... Um, sourness and our reaction to it because if you watch kids right um, they're, if they're going to suck a lemon they do, they pull that face yeah. but then they go back in yes. and what's happened is it, it, millennia ago we lost our ability to produce vitamin C so we, uh, and a couple of other chemicals and now we've developed this kind of genetic disposition towards the sour that's the way we, you right. know, and, and, and like I say that you know whether it's down the road of citrus or whether it's the fermented food sourness tends to we tend to read it as health giving even if it's like whoa uh, but it's not it's not that repel as in bitterness you know but it's not it's not saying poison it's saying how ah, wow you know, yeah it's, it's, it's making a statement almost. it is, it yeah, is yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the things I love about sourness is that you get a thrill off it in a way that you can't any of the other tastes you know if you have a Tom Collins which you know yeah. it's not hard to like plenty of gin plenty of lemon juice yeah. plenty of, uh, of something sweet like ginger rosemary syrup you have one of those and you're like right I can do anything <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, you know I, and it's part of it is the reaction to the wild so, so that, for that sour here do you think yeah. we've been numbed a little bit by excess sugar and yeah, salt totally that totally that when I was a kid you know um, even though they were false sours uh, I, I, I loved me sherbet lemons I loved you know uh, lots of vinegar on chips uh, you know uh, a sherbet dib dabs you know salt and vinegar crisps all of that stuff really big deal but a whole diet has become so dominated by yeah, sugar yeah. but it's like giving up sugar in coffee or tea you have to withdraw from it. You, you do, yeah, yeah, but it's very short time. Yeah. And, then, and then as soon as you get sourness into your diet, you're suddenly craving it. And it's it's because it's such a pleasurable flavour. Sure. Um, and, and whether that's in balance, nice and subtly, or whether it's kind of a big wallop. Right. You know, it, 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 it does it, that. Yeah. So you say if you were to start encourage people to eat sour, then you would just start with a twist of lemon maybe on something. Or those are the sort of ingredients, there's certain key ingredients you'd use. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would start playing with, um, look to other cultures. You know, like you say, kimchi in Korea, you know, Virtually everybody makes their own. It's an, it, you eat it two, three, four times a day. Maybe. It's the most eaten food on earth. Apparently, they eat tons and tons That's of it. My missus, who's Japanese, would she would call other broken glass for a bit of kimchi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> you know, so other you know there, there are lovely spices. A lot, a lot of Indian, most Indian food is soured, or a lot of it is soured yeah. in some way. You know, so whether it's tamarind or whether it's lime or whether it's. Um, Vinegar, like in Vindaloo, you know, that's that's vinegar yeah. and garlic. Yeah. Um, whether it's um, there's a lovely spice mix called chat masala, which has got um, powdered uh, sour mango in it. You know, sourness is a big deal everywhere. Yeah. Just exploring those flavours yeah, just yeah. changes everything you eat. You know, and you, makes the most of the stuff you grow yourself. You light it up, you really do. I love the expression "lucky accidents." I mean, if I take anything away from this interview, it'll well, be that we, we can all yeah. pretend that we had a plan, but most yeah, of no, it, lucky accidents is perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I suppose the best way to finish this, I suppose, in a way, we're talking about healthy eating. Really, do you think that we, as a country or as a people, we're starting to improve on that? Do you think yeah, that totally. movement is, yeah, is incredible? Yeah. You see that when you're yeah, out and I about. I do, I do, I do. I think I see it in schools, which is really good. I see that um, the, the the bigger issue. I mean, the, the thing all the time is how do we make this not 
a dull yes. drag. In a way, you know? how do we sex it up, for want of a word? Yeah, I know it's do, not a good expression, it's but... Because yeah, 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 nobody yeah. wants to... Oh, because it's good for you. Forget yeah. it. No one's going to... You know, it, it, we have to... We have to... Um, we have to communicate the things that are there which is the pleasure of growing yeah the 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 vitality the brilliance that comes out all the excitement that goes with it because it isn't just about eating it's a whole experience it's spiritual it's satisfying it it hits all these buttons and and and, and all if you think about all of the all you know if if you're growing well growing organically if you're doing the process every part of it improves all of the big issues whether it's your personal health whether it's connectivity with other people in your community and yeah. beyond whether it's an awareness of other cultures and what they do whether it's climate change whether it's nature of the soil and how important that is to yeah. us whether it's fitness whether all of that stuff is so so crucial and it's all brilliantly seen and communicated and done through the thing of gardening yeah so yeah. We're, yeah, you, it's sort of really nice to hear just a positive sort of attitude because well, you, you just hear so much stuff that brings you down and, it, and, it, and actually when you're out on the ground doing what we do yeah. and I don't think we're people that seek spotlight and applause we just crack on with something that we're passionate about and yeah. you can use coming right through and it's just feed off people feed off that totally that yeah. 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 And, 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 and it, it, to me it's the light switch you know if you if you garden even a little bit you know it turns your brain you're yeah. suddenly looking at all the you other you go through the door life. there's no coming back the other Away, yeah. and actually, there's a good place to finish because I think a lot of people out there, especially in London, like half the people here haven't got gardens. If you had a small balcony or a little yep. plot, do you think it's still possible to grow? Totally How would you that. go about totally that? You got any tips for that? Yep, yep, for sure. I would. Um, the big deal is to. Um, Get repeated harvests of something. You know, yeah. don't just you know. You can you, you use a pot. You get cauliflower. You got one lunch, right? Yeah. So pr- more Be- some perennial thinking. Perennial thinking. I would go for unbuyable perennial repeat harvest. So certainly the perennial herbs are a big deal because if you've got three or four pots yeah. of perennial herbs, you can change every meal you eat. I mean, how big a deal is that? Yeah. That to me is you know you can influence everything from breakfast to your dinner. You know, everything. And so you don't need masses of space to you do. Don't. You know, and if you if you if you want to grow some. Uh, climbing beans and you know some kind of structure on your balcony the more you pick them the more you get the more you pick them the more you get you know and and all of that stuff is really important so repeat harvests big flavors um, uh, uh, perennial low maintenance all of that stuff you can still totally change how you eat from a few pods perfect mate it's been an absolute pleasure mark here amongst the hustle and bustle of london town thank you mate that is excellent cheers mate Well, I'm rushing off to buy his book. I'm told it has a recipe in it for orange and cardamom gin. If you want to visit Otter Farm, then go to Mark's website, www.otterfarm.co.uk, where you can find information about his courses, events, and even plants and foodstuffs online. Next month, Chris meets another passionate gardener, writer, and bon viveur, Caroline Holmes. Join us then when we discuss the tasks and joys of organic autumn growing in September. Bye for now. Our thanks to Kevin McLeod for providing the music.